Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast, in which I'm joined by Desmond Dixon, who, when I had the pre-podcast chat, uh, was, I think, was it Bali, Desmond, you were in? Yeah, yeah, I was hanging yeah. around in Bali up in Ubud. Yeah. And now he's globetrotting around and talking to us from Bangkok today. So great to have you on today's podcast. Before we get into the chat, let me just tell the listeners a little bit about you. So listeners, Desmond started his career as a chemical engineer and quickly realised that he did not experience being fulfilled in this line of work. Instead, he decided to follow his dream of being in sales. That's quite a shift even though he had zero experience, even bigger shift, uh, and failed at his first door-to-door sales job. Desmond didn't give up on his sales career, though, and ultimately closing millions of dollars in revenue. Desmond now trains and leads sales teams for small businesses who want to go from six figures to get seven figures in sales. Yeah, what a transition, chemical engineer to sales, now to sales trainer, that kind of level. Welcome to today's podcast, Desmond. I know we're going to have a great episode. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. So how long have you been in Bangkok then? Have you managed to settle into the into the atmosphere and the culture there yet, or have you just arrived? Yeah, I actually took four different pit stops on the way here from Bali. I, first, I went to Singapore for a little bit and hung out there. And I love, it was a huge contrast between, you know, the, the jungles and the beaches of Bali to yeah. the clean, urbanized city of Singapore. Then I landed in Phuket for a little bit. Then I went to the Lantern Festival in Chiang Mai. And now I'm here in Bangkok for the week before flying to Europe next week. So um, lots of moving around in the mist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're heading my way. So that's good. So tell us a little bit about what you're drinking today. You said, I think, just before we started this, you'd had four of them already, and, and I, I know you're ahead of me time-wise. So tell us a little bit about what you're drinking today, because it's something we've never had anybody talk about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I have two different drinks. I have uh, some Thai bubble tea. I, I, I'm yeah. a, like addicted to these little things like Thai milk tea. And then I have a pour-over as well. I'm a big fan of hand-brewed single origin coffee it's like my my favorite in the world right great great well uh coffee's something we always talk about so tell us a little bit about the do you call it bobo tea yeah bobo so they they have like these pearls at the bottom of it and okay it's just like this crazy experience with like milk and tea and right. some of it some sometimes it's sweet but yeah it's uh uh it's oddly delightful oddly delightful there you go that's a good description so listeners you heard it there if you want to try bobo tea be aware it's oddly delightful so obviously you've been you've been traveling as well as the significant shifts in your career from a chemical engineer what have you been working on recently you know what's what's been the inspiration in your business but what also is behind the traveling that you've been doing tell us a little bit about that 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've always been a high performance sales guy since I fell on my face my first job where I failed and you know had to learn the game a little bit more proper. Yeah. Um, but I got my first taste of travel when I went overseas to Ukraine for a contract to do sales for an agency and a, a tech startup and build their team. And after like living there for three months and I got back to California, I had this itch to get back on the road. And you know, I started to ask myself, what would that look like? And I knew that it wasn't going to be me taking calls and doing what I was doing. It was going to, have to require me leveraging that time to, um, you know, really take it to the next level, which is why I do what I do now, which is um, fractional sales leadership. So training slash recruiting slash consulting all in one. Yeah. And it works out really well because I still get paid like I work at like 20 companies because I get milestone payments, too. So I'm like leveraging my Great. my skill. And teaching other people so um it's been fun man it's the de the business has definitely shifted probably two times since i started traveling because you yeah. learn through experimentation and what works what doesn't work and you know you let go of things that you know uh, uh that don't fit fit the mold so to speak yeah uh, so i think in that you've sort of answered how it's been since then what's the sort of contrast you know you know your bio is very much a you know a story of contrast you know, you told us what it's like now. What was it like before? Give us a bit of an idea of how you felt, how the business worked before, and any processes and systems that you've changed significantly since then. Oh, man, that's a really good question. And I, I, I think people say this a lot, like all the conferences I've been to and coaching and all types of stuff. But I actually had this eureka moment like, oh, I get it now, which is riches are in the niches. And it's not just mm. the industry. But it's down to the specific customer. What specific problem? What's their revenue? What? How many employees do they have? Like, <laughs> like yeah. specific about their behavior. What are they saying? Um, when I stopped trying to serve everyone and serve a very specific specific person, when I communicated it to the market and when I'm communicated to people I'm networking with, it just opened the door up to sales. It opened up the door to opportunities uh -huh. and. It's incredible, man. Um, so that was the big one for me was trying to serve everyone and being very scattered in my yeah. outreach to like being very specific. And it's just paid more than itself over and over again. It's it's yeah. it's incredible. It, it's interesting you say that because you know that's a phrase I say very often: the riches are in the niches, you know, uh, and people get told it very often. And although a lot of people nod their head and say, yes, yes, we understand that. Very few people actually take the action and do that. What is it that you see with people that you work with or even in your own business that gets in the way of people narrowing that, that niche, that niche? Oh, yeah, this is huge. So it's not just the niche, but also the offer. So a lots of different, like, offers and so it's a lot of scattered energy right there's scattered energy mm. with how you're outbounding and who you're serving and then there's scattered energy on what you're delivering right yeah. so if you can communicate to who you serve like you know specifically who you serve and you know exactly what you provide for them and what the desired outcome will be then it's like it's the all like it's just sell itself right yeah. that's when it becomes easy and effortless but the problem i see a lot um is a lack of focus on like what you're actually delivering because you want to serve everyone and you don't want to lose yeah. you know what i mean like you're the risk of like saying no or being specialized to you know presentation yeah. so 
Yeah, yeah. And, and that's interesting because I think you know one of the biggest objections I usually hear is that oh I don't want to exclude anybody. You know we've got such a great product we don't want to exclude anybody. But you're absolutely right. You know and I've had two or three people that came to mind as you were saying that that that's what they say. But there's definitely a lack of confidence in the product and like you say about a scattergun approach where they don't really understand what it is they're providing which then makes it very difficult to channel that to a particular niche uh, as well so yeah that's a that's a great different perspective yeah thanks thanks for sharing that so tell us a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned on the travels and you said obviously this is about version 2.0 what what kind of things have change what kind of lessons you've learned where i need to do more of that just give us a bit of an insight to how that's been for you oh man i'm gonna drop some 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 bombs for the audience okay, here but please <laughs> the, the first one is network like your life depends on it and get people paid right like okay. and what i mean by that is how can you add value to the people that you're meeting and you should be meeting people every single day doesn't matter what level your business is in no matter where you are like there's there's always networking and as a ceo yeah. or a leader you can't you, you, yes you got to stay focused but you still also need to be networking meeting new people and then like providing value to your network so for an example this blew my mind and this is kind of how we met too right because this, this is yeah. you know people introduce to people right correct a a, a, a really successful like multi-millionaire guy voluntarily in, uh introduced me to someone from he was a guest on guest on my pod and it blew my mind because this guy ended up becoming my friend a client like you know we're yeah. really close contacts really close and it came from someone providing me a ton of value without me asking so i'm like you know what i'm gonna do this for more people so like i've been obsessed with like creating dots with people in my networks people ask me like hey do you know someone to do this like yes let me introduce you to this person so like to this week alone i've helped five or six people get sales. I just made an introduction before we hopped on here, yeah. right? So, and it's crazy because the law of reciprocity then works in your favor because then people are willing to support you and like look out for weight, like, cause it's like this commodity using like unit economics, right? Not unit, yeah. but um, group economics, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been the biggest thing for me because when I first started traveling, I was doing a lot of things on my own. And what I learned is that you need that network that community and you need to provide value to your network and your community and your community will take care of you in ways that like you can't even comprehend right now yeah. and that's the most incredible thing i wanted to share i think it's yeah. important uh, I, I love that as well and you know i've written down on my little note here getting people paid if you can help them make money then that you know reciprocal behavior amplifies you know exponentially doesn't it but for for me it's it's interesting what you said there because as you travel, some people see they can't network because, oh, I'm traveling. How can I network when I'm traveling? Well, I think you know one thing we've learned from the last couple of years is that we can network on Zoom. I'm a member of a, of a BNI group, Business Networking International group, that only meets online. So we, we can talk to people on Zoom and we can network online. And if I'm away at the other side of the planet like you are, I can still, as long as the time zones fit okay-ish, I can turn up for that that meeting on Zoom just the same as I would be if I was at home. But I think for me, physical networking 
was also valuable. When I used to travel, I used to look for a networking group near to perhaps where the hotel, some of these networking groups meet in the same hotel I might be staying at because you meet a different set of people and there is something special about meeting people around the world physically and in person by doing that networking as well. Have you, is most of yours being online Desmond or have you been mixing it up as well? Yeah, so I have a lot of interesting philosophies, so I'll, I'll give you this one. So yeah, I I do a mixture of both, but I do a lot of online to drive in person, right? So like since okay. I'm considered an expat or digital nomad, yeah. I, talk, I reach out and talk to like 10 to 20 different digital nomads around the world. I let them know where I'm at. And usually these people are sophisticated entrepreneurs, high level people, which is incredible but um so i introduced to them to people where they are they also introduced me to people like i'm meeting up with someone tomorrow for lunch that someone yeah. introduced me to i'm also do uh, i create my own meetups i learned this from jason calacanis um which is another power play guys like yeah. be a person that like brings people together like-minded people so like when i'm in a new city i try to like bring people together for lunch and you know have my own right. kind of events yeah. I also travel to different conferences and stuff. Like I'm headed to Europe to go to a mastermind and meet up with some people and speak at an event up in Portugal. So um, I think it's important to do both and yeah. it compounds over time, like the social capital. Like if you, if someone reaches out to 20 new people a day for six months straight, I would be surprised if they're not crushing it in whatever yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, do you know, I, w I was talking to a coach in my group the other day and he was asking me some complex questions about reaching out to people. And he said, oh, have you got any spreadsheets or CRM systems? I said, Dave, think about the dial sheet. So one of my coaches gave me a dial sheet and you get a kiddies pool, which has about a hundred dials in it. And you get a Hoover down, which has about a thousand dials in it. And they're numbered one to a thousand. And each time you, pick up the phone or each time you reach out for a chat as you do online now, you just cross it off. And I said, the simplest way you can do this, Dave, is set the minimum number of chats, conversations that you want to have and just have them and mark them off. Because what you said there, Desmond, is so important, isn't it? You have to do the activity. The complexity of it doesn't really matter until you actually have the conversations because we allow complexity to get in the way, don't we? We allow perfection to get in the way of action, don't we? Um, so that's 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 a great resource that you've mentioned there about doing those 20, 20 conversations a day. I love that. That's great. Oh, yeah. So you, you've given us um, some great sort of bombs, as you said there already. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to ask you a little bit uh, about not giving up on your sales in a moment. But before I do that, tell the listeners how they can connect with you, how they can reach out to you. Yeah, so I'm pretty heavy on LinkedIn. I, I like live on that place. I love it yeah. a lot. Um, so you can always find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find my company at remotesalesmanager.io. Um, we're fully booked for the year, but you know, if you if you need a sales team, let me know. Okay, great. And of course, I take it on LinkedIn, we can see where you're going to be next in the world. So if somebody's listening to this and they're in Portugal and they're in the area, you know, who knows, they could actually reach out and do that networking connection and have lunch with you or coffee with you or something like that. That, that would be absolutely amazing, wouldn't it? I think here in the UK, oh, we, don't, we don't do that enough. We seem to think distances are so large because we live on such a small island. We seem to think traveling, oh, I've got to travel down to London to meet somebody for coffee. It's an hour and a half train journey. 
you know, get it, get on the train, go and meet somebody, have a coffee, come back, and what's what's the problem? So yeah, perhaps people can reach out to you and meet up as well. That'd be great. I would so, love that absolutely. Yeah, just give just give us the spelling of the name so we get it right on LinkedIn when we're searching for you. Because I know listeners sometimes spell names in different ways. So just spell out your name so we can find it on LinkedIn for you. Yeah, so it's Desmond, D-E-S-M-O-N-D, and last name Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. Great. And the website again was? RemoteSalesManager.io. Perfect. So listeners, you know where to go. LinkedIn, Desmond says he lives on it, so go and check that out and see what he's posting about and where he has at the moment, and check out the website as well. So before I go to the to the final sort of a question for the listeners on something you can share something they can take away that can do something with you said in the bio that you didn't give up on sales so you've you've fell flat on your face first door-to-door sales job but you didn't give up what was it that made you get up and carry on with that career in sales that's a really good question. Um, I think the first one was I had a manager at the time that was really good at it. Mm-hmm. And when I shadowed him and watch him sell three systems out of five doors, like he knocked on five doors, spent the entire day in those houses and made three sales yeah. and having people sign these $7,000 contracts, it just blew my entire mind. Cause I was a engineer. I was in the labs and, you know, doing math. Um, and it just blew my mind how this guy could build such close relationships with people that they trusted him enough and seen enough value to make a purchase. So that just intrigued me as an engineer, like my, like, how do you connect with a human being like that? And he just yeah. got paid a lot of money to talk. Yes. Right. So I was like, I was like, wow, I could get paid to talk and get paid three, four times the amount of an engineer, which is why I got into engineering in the first place, which was to make money. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I got obsessed with learning. Like I just reading books and just studying the game. And then when I graduated college, I just applied for nothing but sales jobs, packed my car up. And I went to Denver, Colorado with literally no money to my name, living off of people of Craigslist. I told myself, like, I'm going to go as hard as I can. And if I fail, oh, well, I like it wasn't as bad. Like when I failed the first time, I just got to live with an uncle I never met before. And for the summer and got to reflect on the situation. I was like, it's not that bad if I fail. I just get to start over again. So that first failure helped me yeah. realize that failure is not that bad. Yeah. And to you know, listeners, I think, you know, as as you're listening to this, as I was just then, you know, there's so many insights into that because, yeah, you know, we've got to have permission to fail in ourselves and realize that, you know, very often, okay, sometimes it can be quite bad, but very often it's never as bad as you think it's going to be so uh, yeah lots of different insights in there and, and i love that that shadowing because the reason i asked the question desmond is i know some people listening to this will be entrepreneurs they'll be business owners they'll be all of your potential clients that will be thinking yeah i don't enjoy sales it's not my thing and they'll be very quick to give it up they'll be very quick to decide it's not for them when actually with the right tools and the right training and the right services that you can provide and knowledge that you can give somebody can you know shadow what you do and uh, and anybody else out there and make such a good go of it so yeah thank you for sharing that right it's down to the tip if you're going to give somebody a tip a lesson um, something that the listeners can take away from today and do something with 
as a gift to them, what would that lesson be? I'm gonna give the lesson that helped me do millions of dollars in sales and the thing that changed my entire life, okay. which was listen with the intention of repeating back what you hear. Um, I think that's really important, especially in sales and communication, because it allows you to really drop in and feel what that person says. Yeah. And then your follow-up question has amazing context and you're just, it, it just changes the rapport of the, the communication, right? So that changed my life. So just say that again for listeners. I'm writing this down because that is really, really important. I, that's the first time I've ever had anybody put it in that sense. So just give us that again, please. Yeah, I want you to listen with the intention of repeating back exactly what you heard. Yeah, perfect. And that would, I think, make such a difference to the person that's talking that you are hanging on every word, isn't it? Yeah, it's that phrase, isn't it? Hang on every word. So absolutely perfect. Great. So I'm going to come to the final, final question then. If you were, to, and this is going to be a really interesting one for you, Desmond, with where you've been traveling, etc. But if you could have your next pour over coffee in a dream location with one of your favorite authors. Now, it could be a sales training author. Uh, it could be a business author. It could be a fictional author. But if you were to have that next coffee, where would the dream location be? And who would that author be that you'd be talking to? Ooh, that's so good. I love books, man. So <laughs> yeah, I thought that would be a good one. Yeah, I think right now my dream location that I'm just, I can't stop thinking about is Switzerland. Ah. One of the small towns in Switzerland, like next to a mountain with a humongous waterfall, green lush in the springtime. Yeah. And I would probably enjoy enjoy a, a, a coffee with a guy named Bob Berg, um, oh. who's the author of The Go-Giver. Yeah, yeah. I really Great love choice. that book. Yeah. I read his book like eight times. Like I think I read it more than any other book. So I have to pick him by default. Yeah. Um, I think I think I thought that I think that would be like an amazing uh, experience. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you another question now, then, because that's that's such an interesting uh, thing you've mentioned there about about Bob. And I'd love to have him as a guest on the podcast. So if you ever meet him, tell him he needs to be on this podcast. But if you could ask him a question, what kind of question would you ask him? What would you want to say to him or ask him? In that in that coffee chat with him, I would probably ask him, "What has oh, man? That's so good, man. That's so good." If I had one question, because I think we we very often say, "Oh yeah, I'd love to meet this person. I'd love to meet that person," but you know, the question you'd ask them is generally the reason why you would want to meet them, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say something super like elementary, like like what's been the like nicest thing or what's been the most impactful thing in your life, right? Because yeah, yeah. I want to know like what has happened for him to have the mental modeling that he does have around yeah. like his giving philosophy, yeah. right? So like I would want to know like what experience or what like epiphany did he have that just like sparked this amazing philosophy he has around like sales and stuff. Yeah. I'll be curious about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think asking him the epiphany side of it would be great, wouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah, really great. So, look, you've given us so many nuggets, so many 
insights and so much that you've shared with us and such a great tip you know listeners listen with the intention of repeating what you've heard exactly as you've just received it i think that is an absolute well yeah that's that's a whole podcast right there that's that's something you can take away and you can do that listeners you can do it right now after this podcast do it in the next conversation that would be absolutely amazing and thank you so much for giving up the end of your day because i know it's late on in bangkok thank you so much for giving up your time desmond and for giving us such value it's been absolutely amazing oh thanks for having me and listeners you now know go and do something with the tip but more importantly reach out desmond dixon d-i-x-o-n find him on linkedin connect with him digest his content listen to what he's saying with that intent that if you ever meet him in portugal in switzerland that you could repeat something that he shared back to him exactly as he delivered it what an honor that would be to desmond and the time that he's given up in today's podcast and as always i look forward to having you on the next episode bye for now thank you for listening Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.